0: Oh, right. Um, They're going to trap the ghost.
1: So at the, my first hope was that w- they would just set out bear traps everywhere. Right. And then that would just get the elderly ladies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's 2017 and everyone gets a podcast. Mine is the Hardy Boys Drink Book. Each episode I sit down with creative and hilarious people to talk about a book in the Hardy Boys Mystery Series. Then we have one of our favorite bartenders mix us up a custom cocktail to drink while we read. It really helps with all of the logical inconsistencies. Today I am joined by my wife, Kristen Hallstrom, and our drink was created by Brandon Johnson at the H-Bar inside the Hyatt House downtown. And it will knock you flat like an old lady having a heart attack. Dress up in colonial clothes, handle a live owl, and find your dad in a dungeon in The Nancy Drew Drink Book number 2, The Hidden Staircase, featuring Kristen Hallstrom. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This is a very special episode because it is our second special Nancy Drew episode, and today I am joined by uh, the graphic designer for our website, the person who takes all of our photographs at the bar. um, What else? Oh, right, my lovely wife, Kristen Hallstrom. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being on the show, Kristen.
1: You're welcome, Charles.
0: Kristen is also the host of Murder, She Joked, which is a web series about...
1: Murder, She Wrote. Murder,
0: She Wrote. Oh, I wouldn't have put that together uh, yeah, unless you would have yeah. said it. So talk to us a little bit about Murder, sure. She Joked.
1: Uh, so it's, uh, Murder, She Joked has literally been years in the making. I first did a blog, and that didn't really get any traction. So now I'm trying to do more of a YouTube channel. And I so far I have the intro episode up, but I'm really hoping to put out my first actual episode here pretty soon.
0: That'll be great. Yeah, it's definitely more of a visual Medium, Medium. and uh, it's great to see all of the hilarious facial expressions that Angela Lansbury makes throughout the show.
1: It's very campy.
0: So one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have you as our guest is because um, you are an expert in the mystery genre in that I have seen you watch every episode of Columbo – Poirot, Miss mm-hmm. Marple, Miss mm-hmm. Fisher, mm-hmm. Diagnosis Murder. Sure. What am I missing here?
1: Um, well, Murder, She Wrote, obviously. Uh, murder, She Wrote, obviously. <laughs>
0: Midsummer Murders.
1: Uh, yeah, that one's a good one to fall asleep to, actually. Great. That's very soothing, Murders.
0: Also, we have seen hundreds of episodes of Un- Forensics Files and...
1: Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved
0: Mysteries with Update. Robert Stack. Update. We're going to be dropping some updates in this episode. <laughs> Had you ever read a Nancy Drew book before? I had not. And what are what were your first impressions?
1: Dear God, this is so boring. It was
0: an incredibly dull book. I am getting very greedy with the Hardy Boys books and the amount of explosions and gunfire that take place because, wow, there was not a lot of that.
1: There was not, for sure. I used to read boxcard children. Okay. And they solve
2: sh- mysteries. Uh,
1: and I'm sure if I went back and read that, they would be equally as entertaining. I right. Th- it's just I'm not the right age for this. Oh. So, I, I think, think they, what-
0: they're books for all ages. As long as you have enough brain damage or not enough oxygen to your brain. They're for all ages, I think.
1: Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Great. laughs>
0: okay. Well, let's jump into the story because it is a gripping read, as we've said. Um <laughs> Let's see, it starts with Nancy gets a phone call from her friend Helen Mm -hmm. that her great-grandma's house is haunted.
1: She would like Nancy to come figure out what's going on. If it's actually a ghost, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. It's never a ghost. It's
0: it's never a ghost. If it ever is a ghost, it's going to totally blow me away.
1: It's like Scooby-Doo. It's never actually a monster. No, and
0: when they actually started having real monsters and demons, it took a lot of the fun out of Scooby-Doo. So, yeah. So after she ta- agrees to help with this haunted house, a guy named, what was his name, Gomer? You you think is how his last name is pronounced? Yeah. It's like um, Andrew Gomer? Nathan Gomer. Well, the Nathan thing, Gomer. The thing was, is I read his name and I was like, that sounds like a bad guy name. I bet he's a bad guy. But then he's like, I'm here to warn you, your dad's in great danger. And I was like, oh.
1: No, maybe. I still thought of him as a bad guy.
0: Yeah, because then immediately he's like, your dad's in danger. And she's like, oh, how so? You know, I'm sure he'll be fine. And he's like, well, look, you better watch out, kid, because... If your dad's not in danger yet, he's sure gonna be.
1: So I, I imagined him as being Cockney. Oh, that's
0: right. Um, so why don't you read a little bit of his dialogue? Sure. Just so we can hear your how you're you know how you read this.
1: Sure. Yeah, in my head, this is what was happening. My name's Goma Nathan Goma.
0: It's a little like Australian. That. Hey. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's so. not a lot of dialogue to really find the to find the voice, find the
1: character. I just that's how I pictured it in my head. Doesn't as have just
0: to. as just very Cockney.
1: Yeah, just a lot of the stuff he says is like "Better watch your it back." It's
0: hard says. to figure out where this takes place because it's close enough to Chicago that he can. That it's only a couple hours by train for Carson Drew to get there, mm-hmm. but they it's all about these old colonial mansions from the late seventeen hundreds. And I don't know a lot about Illinois' state history. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think there were really a lot of colonial mansions.
1: I I don't know. I
0: don't know. So anyway, that's that's another mystery we have to solve. Mm
1: -hmm. So Gomer is described as uh, judged to be the kind of person who stays within boundaries of the law, but who has questionable ethics, which doesn't make sense to me because if you have questionable ethics – You're not going to stay within the law. Oh,
0: I don't think so. I think that the kind of person, like, if you look at um, some politicians are probably good examples of people who are very good about doing the wrong thing without technically breaking any laws. So they're never going to serve any prison time. They're never going to pay any fines. But they still get what they want out of it through crappy ways.
1: Okay. But I don't know. I I just think that's a contradiction in ideas. Yeah. Uh, So, Gomer comes to warn Nancy that her father has been involved in this case where they're buying properties along the river.
0: To build a railroad, right?
1: Correct. Okay. And he says that this one particular, I guess, farmer, because they're like kind of farms.
0: Yeah. Willie Willie Wharton.
1: Willie Wharton. Great name.
0: Yeah. It really makes you think of the Willie Horton ad, but no, totally different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, So, Willie Wharton is... Uh, has not signed, or has, no, he has signed, but signed. not. it wasn't notarized. That's right.
0: right, and now he's saying that... Now that, they're contesting. Yeah, that I didn't really sign that. I want more money. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it seems weird that the... Heroes of the story are on the side of the railroad corporation, and the bad guys of the story are on the side of getting farmers more money for their property during an eminent domain case. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> that Gomer stands to make a lot of money if he can get more money for these other clients. And then Mr. Carson comes home from...
1: Oh, but uh, first the the aunts come over.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes. The oldest the oldest woman in the world. The
1: oldest woman ever to live. Um,
0: Nancy interacted with the oldest woman in the world in the last book. Not a different one, it, but...
1: This is another one because she's a, a great-grandmother.
0: Yeah, she's the great-grandmother of Helen.
1: Of Helen. And then Helen also has her aunt there who so. lives with her great grandmother so
0: if this is taking place in somewhere between the 20s and the 50s yeah somewhere you know, that means that if her grandma's like i assume she was in her 90s she's a great grandma 80s or 90s yeah i
1: think they say 80s later
0: okay so if it's the 20s she could have been around as early as like 1840 i'm just trying to figure out how old this woman is by some of the stuff she talks about mm-hmm. she's so old yeah let's see here so yeah so she learns about all this like standard haunting stuff Noises, stuff going missing, either it's an old woman going senile and hallucinating and losing stuff, Which or there's a Which is what the ghost.
1: police said.
0: Yeah, the police said, because of course that's what the police said. They don't want to do anything in this book.
1: They really don't. We were robbed. During the night, several pieces of jewelry were taken. I did telephone the police about this, and they came into the house for a description of the pieces but they still would not admit that a ghost visitor had taken them. Of
0: course they wouldn't admit that. They're like, well, okay, so definitely stuff missing. Now will you admit there's a ghost? No.
1: And I think what we've learned from Unsolved Mysteries is that I actually am surprised that they didn't just say it was a ghost because that's less work for them.
0: Right. They could have just been like, you're right, Flora. It's a
1: a ghost. It's a ghost. You solved it. You solved it. We're going to go
0: now. Earlier when Gomer was warning Mr. Drew and Nancy about how her dad was in danger. He was implicitly threatening is what he was doing. Yes. So Hannah, their maid, is very upset by this and starts listing all these ways that he should be murdered. Yes. Somebody she- could come up and hit him on the head or poison his food in a restaurant. I was like, well, she's got plans. She knows She knows exactly how she would take somebody out. But we both noticed that when Mr. Drew came home, there was just some weird... And Do we want to just read this?
1: Yeah, we definitely could.
0: In a flash, Nancy was out the back door and running to meet her father.
1: "'Oh, Dad, I'm so glad to see you!'
0: she exclaimed. She gave him a tremendous hug and a resounding kiss. He responded affectionately, but gave a little chuckle. (laughs) "'What have I done to rate this extra bit of attention?' he teased. With a wink, he added, "'I know. Your date for tonight is off, and you want me to substitute.'
1: (laughs) "'Oh, Dad!'
0: Nancy replied.
1: "'Of course my date's not off, but I'm just about to call it off.'
0: "'Why?' Mr. Drew questioned. "'Isn't Dirk going to stay on your list?'
1: It's not that,
0: Nancy replied.
1: It's because you're in terrible danger, Dad. I've been warned not to leave you.
0: Oh, and then he's like, I'm In danger of what? You're gonna make a raid on my wallet? You're being so cheeky and like. But it's just the, like the It resi- comes off
1: as flirting. It
0: comes off a little flirting that he like gets a big kiss from her and then is like, hey, you want to go on a date? <laughs> and she's like, ha, 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 what? Oh,
1: dad. Oh, dad. You're always trying to sleep with me. No. <laughs> no.
0: No. We don't want to talk bad about Carson Drew. I actually think that's why Carson Drew was in Chicago for so long in this book is that he's got like a piece on the side and was like, I guess the mystery is going to take just a little longer, Nancy. <laughs> Let's see. So at this point, Willie Wharton is missing and there's a haunted house. Yes. How much more like do you need any more clues to solve this mystery? Because I know what happens when someone goes missing and there's a haunted house.
1: Yeah, he lives in the haunted He's house. He's in the
0: haunted house. Okay, moving on. Great. I'm glad we got that settled. <laughs>
1: mystery solved. So she goes I mean on a case closed.
0: Case closed. Uh, she went on a date with fucking Dirk the Jackson. The weirdest
1: date I've ever heard of. Yeah,
0: I only refer to him as fucking Dirk Jackson.
1: No, the, what they did is so weird. They went to an amateur play and dance.
0: Given by the local little theater group.
1: Have you ever been to a play that ends in a dance?
0: <laughs> Nancy thoroughly enjoyed herself and was sorry when the affair ended. With the promise of another date soon as she returned to Twin Elms, Nancy said goodnight and waved the doorway to the departing boy. I've never heard of Dirk before. He was not in the last book. I know that she gets a regular boyfriend eventually. So, like, one thing that has come up a lot with the with Nancy and with the Hardy boys, the rules for dating were way different yeah. than I than they were than they were for us because people just date whoever mm-hmm. and. I also like that the couple that the other couple that they picked up weren't named. They were like, and they picked up, you know, Didn't some know other people. And yeah. uh, Nancy has lots of friends. But it does seem like you can just have, go, be going out with as many people as possible and just have like your favorites mm-hmm. and no one has hurt feelings. I don't believe that.
1: Um, I think if you want to get exclusive with somebody, you have to give them like your pin or something.
0: Oh, right. Like
1: you're going steady now.
0: Great. Why would anyone do that then if it's totally fair game to just... I,
1: I don't know. And it's high school. Who yeah. cares? Who cares?
0: Nancy and her dad, they go down to investigate the uh, the riverbank, right, where the railway is being... Yeah. Yeah. He and wants then, to
1: see how construction is coming.
0: Let's see. I wrote, Nancy goes on a date with some dude named Dirk. She and Carson go to the railroad bridge. Oh, yeah. They almost get run down.
1: Yes. That's a very exciting part.
0: Yeah. One of the few. So they're just standing at the bottom of a hill. They're down by the the pinions at the bottom of the bridge, and the thing comes oh. down the hill, and they're like, we don't have room. We have to jump into the water. And then they have to jump in the water. And this is another thing is that it describes that they like they both go home and then they go upstairs to shower.
1: And then I wrote separately, question yeah, mark? Right, exactly.
0: Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't judge. I do judge. That's not true. I judge. Oh, finally, after their separate showers, the next morning, um, Nancy goes out to the Twin Elms mansion, right? Finally? Doesn't she finally go to the haunted house?
1: Well, she was hesitant, but her dad's like, go, I'll be fine, I'm going to go to Chicago anyway.
0: Oh, they describe all the food again.
1: Yeah, there's a very long description of the meal that Hannah has prepared for them.
0: Hannah placed sherbet glasses filled with orange and grapefruit slices on the table. All during the delicious dinner of spring lamb, rice and mushrooms, fresh peas, chocolate angel cake with vanilla ice cream, the conversation revolved around the railroad bridge mystery and the, the haunted Twin Elms mansion.
1: So I like to imagine those in like a stromboli layer style dish (laughs) where...
0: Orange and grapefruit, and then spring lamb, rice and mushroom, peas, and then chocolate angel cake. Yeah, the chocolate
1: angel cake (laughs) cake covers it.
0: Nice. Eat eat dessert first. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Uh, So they love it, though. They just love that stromboli and they eat it up.
0: So she takes her sweet, sweet blue convertible out to Twin Elms Mansion.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, and she picks up her friend Helen on the way out there. And this is when we learn that... Helen's getting married.
1: Yeah. So Helen just all of a sudden is like, hey, by the way, I met a boy like two months ago and we're engaged now. And he she, works
0: for the oil company.
1: And she's only like 20 years old and she's only known the guy or two months. I don't know
0: exactly how old Nancy's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. She's yeah.
1: at most 21, I think. He's
0: been overseas pretty much the entire time they've been together, but they've been writing letters.
1: They, they don't know each other at all. And two months is not enough time to get to know someone anyway. Like, yeah. Especially well enough to marry them.
0: Didn't you think this was going to come into play at some point in the story? The fact, like, this engagement or that character that she's engaged to?
1: No, and it never did.
0: It's just a little spice. Just a little spice in their friendship.
1: Uh, Yeah, but she basically never mentions. I think there's one letter
0: Oh yeah, from later. across
1: these, but she never talks about the being thing engaged that- after this.
0: Like, Nancy's they're supposed to be, like, best friends. Mm-hmm. How does Nancy not know about this boy at all? Even if she didn't know about the engagement, she would at least know, like, I am crazy about this boy I've been writing letters to. Mm-hmm. I bet Helen wouldn't shut up about it. Anyway, so they show up at this colonial home built in 1785. There's a lot about colonial history in this book. Mm-hmm. Not, like, very vague, not concrete colonial history, but, like, what kind of silly hats they wore. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right as they get out there a pearl necklace has been stolen and the daughter of flora is really upset about it and i imagine that she's like that was supposed to be my necklace in like a year or two
1: rosemary is yeah rosemary aunt rosemary
0: aunt rosemary and great 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 grandma flora
1: who for some reason they just call miss flora miss
0: flora they Would have ever since she was a little girl Yeah. That, for some reason. And
1: she just, like, has stuck with it. But I think it sounds really weird to call a super old lady Miss Flora.
0: Yeah, it is. They said that they've called her that since she was a little girl. I think it's even weirder to call a little girl Miss Flora. Mm -hmm. It's just weird. Um, They hear, I mean, now it starts to just go on and on because it's like they hear the radio playing in the other room. They go to check it out. There's no one there. They hear violin, they go to check it out. There's no one there. Mm -hmm. They hear someone moving furniture, they go to check it out. There's no one there. Again and again and again.
1: Every time they go to investigate something, there's nothing.
0: There's nothing throughout most of the entire book. Yeah. Oh, we do find out that Riverview Manor, the other mansion that's like right next door, is an exact duplicate of Twin Elms Mansion. I'm like, that's a clue.
1: Yeah, that'll come into play.
0: Definitely. That can't just be a, a
1: coincidence. A
0: coincidence, yeah. Um, they're looking everywhere, they look up in the, they look up in the uh, chimney, and Helen, like, opens the flue while her head is in it, and just douses her whole face in soot.
1: Oh, yeah. There's
0: a lot of, like, wacky, sort of, exploring the house hijinks.
1: It just seems to me that Nancy is kind of exploring with Helen
0: a little Oh, bit. okay.
1: Because it says, uh, Nancy dashed to the bathroom and grabbed two large towels. She wrapped them around her friend... Then went to, to then went with Helen to help her.
0: with the shampoo and a general, general cleanup. cleanup. Yes. Then she brought another sports dress.
1: So I don't know, I guess I don't know the times very well, but it sounds like it was a very intimate
0: I've never helped a friend shampoo.
1: I've never helped anyone bathe ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and then we also find out, because at the very end of their whole search of the house, Gomer shows up again being mm-hmm. like, "I'm here to buy this house."
1: And he's very surprised to see Nancy. Yes. He stares at her for several seconds without talking.
0: Which is totally like what a guilt free person does. (laughs) Oh. Oh. But he doesn't turn and run. Right. He sort of barges into the house. Oh, but Nancy stares him down and gets him to leave. Mm -hmm. She looks straight at Nathan Gomer, as if to let him know that the Drews were not easily frightened. Yeah, but the old lady doesn't want to sell the house. He keeps threatening. (laughs) Yeah. Them and then like when that doesn't work, he gets all sad and he's like, "I always wanted to own a colonial mansion," and that almost works.
1: And then she feels a little bit bad. For she's him. like, oh. "Maybe I could just give it to him."
0: And then yeah, I like Aunt Rosemary. Immediately, is like, "No, you don't have to sell the house, Mom. Don't."
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. right. No, oh right. No, no, right, right. right. No, you're right. You're right.
0: That happens to her several times throughout the book, where she's like, "Maybe I will sell." And they're like, "Do you want to?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> Oh, but then the chandelier starts to move around.
1: Yes. Um, And again, they run up to investigate nothing happens nothing but um nancy does prove that you can do that just by rolling around on the floor which means that (laughs) some guy was just like rolling around on the floor and like had figured but he also took the time to figure that out while nobody was home
0: (laughs) (laughs) how did he figure out with nobody downstairs to check if it was moving i don't know he like did it and then like real quick got up and ran down the stairs (laughs) still moving a little bit
1: All right, I can use this. There's
0: another ghost. This guy is trying to really broaden his ghost portfolio. Yes. All right, well, let's check in with Nancy Drew Bingo. Mm -hmm. We're bringing back Bingo. What do we have? Definitely a ghost, in quotes.
1: Mm -hmm. That happened, for sure. It's like most of the book.
0: Did Nancy leave River Heights? I guess Twin Elms is like outside of River Heights. Yes, she did. Okay, so she left there. There's Carson Drew. Mm -hmm. She hasn't gone trespassing.
1: Is there one about... food? Attempted murder. Okay, yep, there's that one. Is there one about describing food? Because they've done that, like, three times already.
0: Only if it's a picnic. (sighs) They didn't go on a picnic not yet. No,
1: they didn't do a picnic. I think there might be one later, but...
0: Pretty good. We got four of them. I think we're doing, doing a pretty good job. Oh, right. So, Helen gets scared by a gorilla face in the window.
1: Which... Nancy quickly explains, could just a mask that somebody was holding in front of the window.
0: Right, to scare her.
1: I I really like what Nancy says there. The question is, are there two ghosts in cahoots?
0: Yeah, good, good detective work, Nancy. So we talked a bit about this earlier. So that's why he didn't leave any footprints under the window, Helen said. But he certainly got away from here fast. She suddenly laughed. He must be on some ghost track team. Everyone in this book is hysterical. Yes. Everyone just constantly is bursting out laughing, giggling. Well,
1: they they don't want it to get too serious. Like, it's a ghost hunt, but it's like. But it's
0: things like, when are we having lunch? I'm starved. Nancy laughed heartily and said about making the food. You're like, why'd you laugh?
1: It's not a joke. Like It's just real.
0: They must have two ghosts. Yeah, stop calling them ghosts. They're not ghosts. You know they're not ghosts.
1: I just, I really love the word cahoots. Oh, yes. I don't feel like we use that enough anymore. No,
0: I think that. Rather than talking about Russian collusion, we should be saying, we're in cahoots with the Russians. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Man, there is... Oh, Aunt Flora tells a dumb, pointless story that isn't even a clue to the mystery.
1: It's not. It, I think it's about somebody who used to live... It was about her husband when he was a child. That's what it was.
0: And how he dressed up.
1: Yeah, and how he was supposed to like go to bed, but then he dressed up for his parents' like fancy dress party. And everybody just let him do it. Because it was
0: adorable. And then he fell asleep and almost died.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like they were feeding him after he was dancing and stuff. The poor little fellow never knew that he fell asleep while he was eating. I really hope they cleared his mouth of obstructions before right. they laid him in bed.
0: It's one of those gross things that you don't think about when you think about having kids is how many obstructions you're going to have to clear from their mouth.
1: Exactly. And you have to be so careful not to like regurgitate anything while you're doing that.
0: So this is when they hear the violin that they go to investigate and... Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. So they decide they're going to call the police, right? hmm Let's see. I think we should request at the moment that we that he have a man patrol the grounds here at night. I'm sure that we're perfectly safe while we're all awake, but I must admit, I'm a little uneasy about going to bed, wondering what that ghost may do next. I don't blame them. I feel like two old ladies in that house maybe don't have as much to worry about as two, like, 18-year-old girls sleeping in a house with who is clearly, like, some sort of scary criminal.
1: Bathing each other. Bathing each other. (laughs) Bathing, dressing, undressing, making exciting underwear. (laughs) (laughs) All between the ages of 16 and 19 and a half.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's that's these girls in a nutshell. (laughs) I love that. Nancy wakes up in the middle of the night and sees somebody outside, like, darting around. Suddenly, Nancy gave a start. A furtive figure had darted from behind a tree towards a clump of bushes. Was he the guard or the ghost, she wondered. As Nancy watched intently to see if she could detect any further movements of the mysterious figure, she heard padding footsteps in the hall. Anyway, they go out to check out this, like, this it, noise. It, it's
1: just her. She just. Oh, it's just her, right. Yeah, she goes down by herself.
0: Yeah, she sees the guard. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to go check it out. But then Miss Flora and Aunt Rosemary are like, I heard a noise, I heard a noise, will you go check it out? And she points to the corner of the room near the hall. Two burning eyes look down on the watchers. And it's a huge barn owl. It's flown into the old house. That's way scarier to me than a ghost. Because, like, I don't know what you do with a ghost, but I know what you do with a barn owl. And that's get, like, scratched and attacked. and
1: They throw up little mice.
0: They throw up little, yeah.
1: It's not like a cute snowy owl. It's like a giant barn owl. And didn't didn't your grandparents have one that was enormous?
0: Yes, they did. They had one that lived in the... Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about those outbuildings in a bit, but they had one that lived in one of their in the hayloft building that was gigantic and terrifying, and one of the most the largest things I've ever seen fly. And to the idea of walking into a room in a house and having that just like on the mantle staring at you, so scary, it's
1: super scary. Probably one of the scariest things that happened in the book.
0: Yeah, was that there was an owl. They decided to leave it overnight and deal with it in the morning, which means that that owl just trashed that room. And shit everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, birds are notoriously diuretic.
0: Yeah, especially when they're nervous.
1: Oh, I think they suggested to leave it till morning,
0: and then they decide not to. And then to.
1: after, like, they put like the old lady back to bed. They're then, like, "Let's just do it now." Then Aunt Rosemary is like, "Hey, I've got these super thick gardening gloves. Let's just do this."
0: And I thought Nancy's totally gonna get just scratched to hell if she tries to handle this bird. And I appreciated the realism. That she absolutely did. The thing pecks and scratches her arm so bad that he, like, draws blood in several places.
1: And I really hope Nancy has all of her shots.
0: Right. Birds are not clean animals. No.
1: I I guess I don't know what shots were prevalent back then, but I'm sure they had some.
0: In the past. In the past. Um,
1: Past times.
0: Flora says that, the oldest lady says that she always locks her door from the inside when she goes to sleep, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, when you die, that's going to suck. Yeah. Because we're not going to know. They're going
1: to have to take the door down. Yeah. To see you. It's gonna
0: be a big hassle, Flora.
1: Way to be selfish in your old age.
0: So Nancy gets just horribly attacked by. I wrote, uh. <laughs> Nancy reached up and by stretching was just able to grasp the bird. In a lightning movement, she had put her hands around its body and imprisoned its claws. At once, the owl began to bob its head and peck at her arms above the gloves. Wincing in pain, she stepped down from the chair and ran across the room. Ow,
1: fuck! Ow, 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 fuck! <laughs> Yeah, they didn't They didn't write about that part.
0: Oh, Nancy said, gazing ruefully at her wrist, which now showed several bloody digs from the owl's beak. I'm glad that's over. Jesus.
1: I have a similar story once, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can just summon this courage when you're in danger. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you just get it done, whatever needs to happen. So I was, like, pulling a Yui in the car after I had just got in, mm-hmm. and I, like, I felt something on my leg, and all of a sudden I saw a wasp just, like, walking on my leg and I'm like mid U-turn mm-hmm. and in a split second I just I just like grabbed it and threw it out the window and I didn't get stung or anything that's
0: awesome yeah you gotta go quick quicker than the bugs
1: and then roll up the window real fast it doesn't does it say that she closed the window because otherwise I feel like he's just gonna come, come back, right back in.
0: <laughs> they theorize that he may have gotten the house a couple of ways but they're like maybe there's a secret tunnel and that owl flew through the tunnel To the house, because owls notoriously love being underground.
1: (laughs) Either that or, like, the guy who's, like, stalking the house somehow wrangled the owl owl and, like, (laughs) shit, shit, Put it in the room and then really quickly ran away.
0: Yeah, he's... Uh, well, yeah, they so they go outside. I know she eventually, she eventually, when she goes outside, she runs into the police guard.
1: So when the officer mentioned that they would put somebody... When he's like, oh, we'll put somebody out there. Yeah. But we're not going to contact you about it. And, and, and it's he's, a plain he's, clothes, And he's going to be, like, really sneaky, which I thought... Would be an excuse for why, like, you you never saw. Like, they didn't actually post anybody. They're like, no, no, he's just really sneaky. Like, you can never find this guy.
0: That's how good of a guard he is. You won't even know he's there until you will never know he's You'll there. You'll
1: never know he's there because he wasn't there.
0: But she he's... runs into him. His name's Tom Patrick. I felt like they flirted a little bit, too. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Nancy is just, and everyone is just so polite to Nancy that it seems like they're flirting with her. But he did. He's like, I was trying to be a sneaky sneaky guard, but you saw me, so I guess I'm not sneaky enough.
1: So he he and Nancy talk about how the the house is like haunted, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And she asks him a question that I don't know why you would ask a police officer. Would this rumor make the property more difficult to sell? Nancy questioned the detective.
0: It certainly would.
1: Okay, not his field
0: no, of expertise. No, he would If ghosts actually drive down property values?
1: No, he, no, he probably would never not. know this. But she asks him, like, this is the person to ask.
0: Let's see, so then, and that's that's a night, and the next morning they get up, they have a big breakfast that I'm sure is thoroughly described, and they decide that they're going to go look around all the outbuildings at this mansion, like the smokehouse and the...
1: Do you, So do you think it's the summer...
0: Yeah, I think so. They're not in school.
1: So they had a really big breakfast, and then right. they went outside in the summer heat to go check out all these... To
0: climb around all these old buildings. All these old,
1: hot, stuffy buildings. I feel like they just had a stomach ache for, like, the rest of the day.
0: But they are attired in sports shirts and jeans, so obviously they're wearing the right clothes for the job.
1: I still think it would be very uncomfortable.
0: Yes, definitely. They should not eat so much for every meal.
1: They they do. It's, they eat
0: too much. They eat... A four-course meal for every meal. Yes. Which is too much It's food.
1: always dessert. They're
0: all Chet Morton.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, they're climbing around in the outbuildings, looking. They don't find anything in them. They find the smokehouse, and then you learn, like, how the smokehouse worked and all the ham they used to make there.
1: Helen explained, and Dave, uh, let's see. So they used to hang the smokes up, and then Helen explains, they turned it into luscious ham and bacon.
0: Are you already hungry again, Helen? Luscious. Luscious, velvety bacon. So I kept writing through this this whole segment. Don't play in the outbuildings. Don't play in the outbuildings because that's something that we always learned on my grandparents' farm is that you don't go play in the outbuildings because the wood is really old mm-hmm. and you could fall through the floor. And
1: that's exactly that's what
0: exactly ha- what happened. Helen falls
1: through the floor.
0: Play in the outbuildings. They're um, not
1: maintained.
0: No, no, they they've been there for hundreds of years.
1: No one's making luscious bacon anymore.
0: No, she uh, Helen gets all messed up again. She's she's pretty much fine, but then she wants to quit because she's hungry. I was like, fine, Chet. Like, go ahead and quit and go have some food. They always talk about what was in these rooms, but they're all empty rooms now.
1: It it was an odd choice, certainly. Like, we know if a smokehouse used to... Smoke meat. Smoke meat. Or like
0: they say the store, used to have apples, whole wheat flour, barley, buckwheat, and oatmeal. But there's nothing in there now.
1: Terrific. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hannah calls, lets him know that Carson has gone to Chicago mm-hmm. to investigate a lead, looking for Willie Warden. But then Hannah says that some people saw willie warden in town
1: yes so
0: why didn't I, hannah tell carson that
1: also i feel like it's a game of telephone that hannah's playing
0: right so Literally.
1: so yeah exactly so she makes it very clear mr ritter is a very honest and reliable man he's still giving you secondhand information and now you're passing on thirdhand information right so
0: reliable isn't really the issue. It's about how many different people have translated this information. Exactly. So Mr. Ritter saw Willie Wharton. Nancy gets all interrogative about that. She's
1: like, so that man could be mistaken. Yes, absolutely.
0: Of course he might be. And I'm inclined to think he is. If your father is staying over in Chicago, it must be because of Willie Wharton. I think he's just got a lady friend in Chicago or a gentleman friend. I'm not sure. But I think he's got he's got somebody in Chicago. Because it seemed like a random thing mm-hmm. that he went to Chicago for a while and that now he's staying. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, the,
1: okay. This Yeah.
0: Going up in the attic.
1: <clears throat> so this is a dress-up party that the... Um,
0: elderly women have?
1: <laughs> yes. I think Helen suggests it because Nancy's been down. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be fun to drag out those old, musty, dusty costumes costumes and and parade around in front of these elderly women and the elderly women are like we're gonna put on costumes too and like the oldest lady in the world getting into old victorian clothing must have taken so long
0: (laughs) yeah i bet It's weird how multiple times in the Hardy Boys series and in this, just putting on costumes is an activity. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do anything other than put them on and, like, move around.
1: Move around in the costumes. And doesn't
0: one of them cross-dress?
1: Yes. Yeah, so Helen decides to be... A Nancy's b- date. Nancy's date, which I think leans more towards they're having a good time together. Yeah. Wink, wink. Kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, they don't want to upset the old ladies.
1: And everyone thinks it's hysterical that she puts on men's shoes that are too big for her. Mm-hmm. Again, they get hysterical.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's like not not enough air in the attic or a gas leak. There's a gas
1: leak somewhere in that house. It would explain the ghost. It would explain a lot of things.
0: Sure. She makes some jokes, and Aunt Rosemary's like, "I wish President Washington would come to see you." How old are these people?
1: I have no. Yeah, um, I have no idea. <laughs> very, well, very old.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're the ghosts, I think.
1: So they go into this room that used to be the ballroom, right? and Miss Flora plays a minuet yeah, for them to dance to.
0: It's Beethoven's minuet, right?
1: Yes, and then they're like, oh, let's do another, and then she just plays the minuet again.
0: It might be the only song she knows.
1: I think it's the only one she remembers.
0: (laughs) That's good, yeah. Play to your strengths.
1: Yes, so the the guard finds somebody, quote, sneaking around the grounds and, like, Holds him up by the collar, basically. like, is this oh, your got ghost? Him. Yeah. And
0: the guy's like, let me go. I'm no ghost. What are you talking about? Which is, yeah, what you'd say. Yeah,
1: because he's Why? not a ghost, obviously. You're physically touching him.
0: This police officer just accused me of being a ghost. I'm not high enough for this. Um, it turns out he's a notary public? Why was he sneaking around?
1: He had to cross the property as a shortcut or something. Oh, right. And he had heard there was a guard on the ground, so he was going to sneak around to avoid the guard's attention. So he's going to act suspiciously so that the guard wouldn't notice him, which backfired incredibly.
0: Yeah, what you do is you walk very clearly out in the open, like, whistling. And then when the guard's like, hey, can I help you? You're like, I am walking through to my house.
1: Exactly. Exactly. he, yeah, yeah, backfired. So then they make him go inside the house. They make calls to be sure that his story is correct. And then they make his wife come pick him up, which I bet was humiliating for him.
0: Right. Also, it's really annoying for his wife to get a call in the middle of the night being like, we have this whole thing where you walk home. Why are you by picking you up from the police?
1: Okay, but not even at the police station. At a random house. Like, you have to come to this house.
0: Do you think that when she got there and, like, looked around at what was happening, she just, like, inherently didn't believe her husband's story? He's like, no, this is what happened. She's like, "Mm mm-hmm.
1: And you're just at this house with these young girls.
0: And these old ladies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, get in.
0: Let's see. Yeah, Miss Flora asked the girls to live at her house forever. She says, I wish you lived here all the time. You've brought the Feeling of gaiety back into our lives, and the girls girls respond with silence.
1: Because, yeah, there's a lot of gaiety between them, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know what? She's about to get married soon.
0: That's true. Have some fun, Helen. Have a little bit of fun. Get it out of your system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then they have two solid pages of them practicing climbing the stairs.
1: Like how they would climb the stairs so it made no noise.
0: If you step on 8th in any place, it will creak, so you skip it. 9, 10, and 11 are okay, but there to 15 at the top, we're in trouble. Let's see, on 12 you go left, then right, then right again. It just goes on and on. And then you
1: skip that stair, and they're basically doing, like, a silent hopscotch.
0: Yeah, and then later they just tear up the stairs. They keep saying, like, didn't, didn't attempt to be quiet, they just ran up the stairs. Because
1: time is of the essence, and trying to remember the right, left, skip, 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 right, left, and, yeah. you know, can't do that in no. that amount of time.
0: Nancy can tell on site what food has been taken, and I was like, no, you can't. But then it was like a dozen teaspoons and several cans of food and some eggs and a quart of milk. Okay, that I would notice.
1: Okay, that was probably all the milk they had.
0: Right, exactly. So I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. All of the
1: milk is gone now. I noticed that. Yeah. And somehow she memorized all the pieces of uh, silverware, Helen did. Yes. And it's like, how, how would you remember? But yeah, if like a dozen teaspoons are missing, that's probably all of the teaspoons are gone now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you'd notice that. Exactly. Oh, they find out that the house is bugged. Like that, some, that the ghost can hear their plans. They get this sinking suspicion. They, yeah,
1: they think the house is bugged. And I think it turns out that it's not actually bugged. There's some other reason why he can hear everything. Right. But that's their conclusion is that... And I, somebody is listening, just not with microphones.
0: Then the sofa moves and the cops run in. The guard runs in and Helen's like, I thought it moved.
1: They can't find anything.
0: They never find anything. We are halfway through this book and we haven't found anything. Actually, since we're halfway through this book, let's check in with our bingo again. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, there was an animal because of the owl.
1: Yes. Big, scary animal.
0: Did Hannah leave the house? I think she called to tell about how she left the house, but we didn't see her outside of the house. See,
1: you can count that if you want, I guess.
0: I don't want to. Okay. A disguise?
1: Yes. They There's get There's a gorilla mask up.
0: and they put on they, costume. They yeah. get
1: dressed in costume.
0: So Nancy gets a hold of Hannah and lets her know that like, oh, we thought that... Carson was staying late in Chicago, but now it turns out that that telegram was totally fake, mm-hmm. and nobody knows where he is. Nancy was supposed to meet him at the train, but never showed up, so.
1: And then uh, they also decide to set a trap.
0: Oh, right. Um, They're going to trap the ghost.
1: So at the my first hope was that they would just set out bear traps everywhere. Right. And then that would just get the elderly ladies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're forgetful.
1: Yeah, so they forget where all the bear traps are, and they find them, and then, oh, God! They
0: find them in the worst way, yeah.
1: (laughs) Bear traps, not the best idea. They come up with something else.
0: What's their plan? Is that before or after she goes and looks for her dad? Because she, like, goes to the train station and decides that every taxi driver is there.
1: Uh, I think that's a little later.
0: Because I don't see anything about their trap.
1: I think their, I'm sorry, I think their trap was the Midnight Watch.
0: Oh right, it's just keeping watch.
1: Yes. Um, and
0: then calling the guard when they saw the sofa move.
1: Which wasn't a great no. trap.
0: Because it let him know as soon as they called the guard that when they screamed. So. But Nancy goes to look around for her dad. She's like, I'm gonna go on this like mini like side mission mm-hmm. to try to find my dad and she goes to the train station and she sees all these taxi drivers and she's like, There's like a dozen. I bet that's all the taxi drivers. So she goes over to talk to them one by one and one of the guys is inherently suspicious. <laughs> And a woman comes over and is like, "Hey, I overheard you. And that guy just lied to you. I totally saw him mm-hmm. take your dad. And your no. dad was unconscious, right?
1: Yeah. And then shames the taxi driver into telling the truth. This right. Random stranger that just leaves, never comes back. She's nobody like, nobody okay. knows her.
0: No, I don't think she'll ever appear again, Mrs. Skade. No, she does not. Yeah, they shame the taxi driver into giving up the fact that he transported the crooks and. The unconscious Mr. Uh, Mr. Drew. I don't
1: think he was unconscious at the start.
0: He was just like drowsy. They said he was pretty sick.
1: And then I think like mid-taxi drive, they're like, pull over, pull over, he's unconscious.
0: So they get descriptions from this taxi driver. One of the guys has an upper tooth missing, and then the other guy has like a left ear that was kind of crinkled.
1: I don't know what that means, a crinkly ear, but that's how they describe it every, every single, single
0: time. So I guess we could Google it, but I think it'll be gross, so I'm not going to.
1: Uh, The only thing I know of is, like, a cauliflower ear where, like, your ear, like, swells.
0: Or if, like, he's a boxer and it's been, like, crushed down and, like, didn't heal right. Sometimes that can be, like, a crinkly ear. I'm going to say that because I'm sure he's been in lots of brawls.
1: Yeah, he's a bastard.
0: Nancy goes to the police to tell them the taxi man's story. Captain Rosalind looks extremely concerned. This is alarming, Miss Drew, he said. But I feel sure we can trace the fellow with the crinkly ear. And we'll make him tell us where your father is. I doubt, though, that there is anything you can do. You better leave it to the police. So they say they're on it. And mm-hmm. they're going to take care of it. One, he's way too confident he's going to be able to find this guy based on his ear. He's not Monk. Like, he's not... Oh, that's another one that we watch a lot of. Yes. Monk. yes. Um, Monk. And Psych. Oh, yeah. And Psych. <laughs> um... Then later, she does a bunch more investigating. Just like general, you know, asking around town. Mm-hmm. And then she calls the... Oh, has that delicious pl- split pea soup.
1: Followed by a a custard pie?
0: Custard pie. Fish pie. Um, Which sounds
1: like a disgusting mix.
0: Yeah, and then she reads a magazine in her car, and then she goes to talk to the police again. And they're like, oh, well, we're on it. And it's very clear that they completely forgot that they were supposed to put some people on the Mr. Drew case. Mm -hmm. Every time they talk to the cops, they're like, oh, that's some great info. We'll get the police right on it. So I don't think she's going to get any help.
1: I don't think she does.
0: She goes looks around a cave, right? She finds a cave. That comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, so she has a theory that instead of the outbuildings, maybe there's like a natural tunnel that would lead up to the house. Okay. So that's she. That's been
0: in. Maybe she reads The Hardy Boys. Yeah. That's happened before. Sure.
1: So she takes this road that goes in front of the property, and sure enough, she finds a cave and she decides to park her car and explore it all by herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Smart move. Maybe Smart. her dad's in there. Maybe the crooks are in there. And she's talking to herself a lot like Spider Man. Yeah. She explores a c- cave, she finds. Nothing newspapers
1: oh she did find that newspaper she finds mm-hmm. a clue
0: she goes out to her car and crinkle ears like standing by your car but runs away because he doesn't think he can take this this like 18 year old girl you don't know if she's armed she's not they're never armed <laughs> they find out about the one of the guys who's like hired these like the big boss basically who everyone's seen around town the guy who let's see the man who came along the road while your father was lying unconscious in the grass the one who offered to take him to the hospital The officer described the man as being in his early 50s, short, rather heavy set. He had shifty, pale blue eyes.
1: Shifty, pale blue. Right.
0: Nancy thinks that she knows several men that fit that description. And then he's like, he's got soft hands. That's what everybody said. Like, he didn't look like he had workman's hands. He looked like he had soft, pudgy hands. And she's like, then that eliminates all of the men I know who fit that description. So Nancy knows a bunch of... Early 50s, short, heavyset guys with shifty pale blue eyes, but all of them have, like, thick calluses on their hands.
1: Whenever they whenever they grab at her, <laughs> yeah,
0: she, can feel, she those. can
1: feel all the calluses on their hands.
0: Right. It was a different time. If, like, a girl walked by you while you were in a restaurant and you just wanted to, you know, reach out and grab at some stuff, you were allowed to. They just let you do it. Exactly. So.
1: It was the style of the time.
0: And then, oh, that's right, they go back to the, and there's some actual danger. Where they go back to the mansion and the ceiling caves in on them.
1: Yes, and...
0: Nancy gets knocked out.
1: She's unconscious for a few moments, Mm -hmm. as they say.
0: Not like an hour and a half like happens in the Hardy Boys, where you're like, I think he's dead. But no, she's just out for a couple minutes.
1: Uh, Yeah, and so the elderly women drag the two girls out of the rubble, basically.
0: Yeah, some of that adrenaline.
1: They're like, well, we should call the doctor for Nancy, but she's awake at this point. She's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm fine.
0: Do you think, how much asbestos do you think just like poured into their, and, like mold? I think all of it did. All of it did. Yeah. yeah all mm-hmm. the asbestos in the house just poured onto them, right in their faces and lungs. At least the old lady it's is like, like. a hanky. Over her face and is like, can we get out of this room? I can't breathe in here. And they're like, hold on, let's investigate. And She's like, no. no
1: let's just get out. <laughs> Then they, they clean it up, and it's like nothing ever happened except for probably a huge hole in the ceiling. That
0: doesn't get addressed at all. Ever. They find out that the ad, one of the ads that was cut out of the newspapers that she found is for a used car place.
1: That didn't really lead anywhere. It didn't
0: lead anywhere. It was just a loose thread I don't remember getting.
1: I don't remember that getting tied up either because they find some cars, but they're never like, oh, this was the used car they bought from this guy. Like, I don't remember them wrapping that up.
0: The only thing that they get out of it is knowing what town one of the crooks lives in. I don't know. She goes to the cops, and uh, the cops are like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, that's right. You're your back. Case.
1: We're definitely on it.
0: And she's like, I must find your father. And they're like, we're right. We'll get on it. Um, <laughs> she says, I love this, though. The was like, why don't you sit down here and wait? It shouldn't take long to get the information from Aiken's used car lot. Nancy agreed and took a chair in the corner of the captain's office. Presently, he called to her. I have your answer, Mrs. Drew
1: And then he has, like, so much information that you could not get in that amount of time. Like, he may have checked earlier.
0: Yeah, and then pretended. And then
1: pretended, like, he got it really quickly. But he has way too much information.
0: So, there's a man, a questionable character named Samuel Greenman, who's associated with all this, I guess. He's just one of the crooks. And then the officer's like, all right, head back out to the mansion. Let us know if you need the police. For what? They're not doing anything.
1: Okay, why didn't they just... Uh, The reason she heads back, though, is doesn't she get a frantic call from Oh, that's
0: right. The caller was Helen Corning, and her voice sounded frantic.
1: She didn't say what it was about. She just said, I need you to come home right now. Wouldn't you just send an officer with them just in case? Right.
0: Or, like, they could throw on their lights, and Nancy could hop in with them. They could get there in, like, a second. A
1: lot faster. Right. But they do none of that. They're just like, hey, let us know. Give us a shout if you need some help, maybe.
0: Yeah, and it turns out that Miss Flora had a heart attack.
1: She said that she saw the ghost right, and fainted, but it was a heart attack.
0: Right. He had, the ghost, though, had, like, long hair and uh, he was unkempt. And they're like, he must be, you know, insane if he has a beard. It's one of the things in this that, like, if anyone has hair past their ears, they're considered, like, a criminal or an insane person. or They convince the doctor to leave and not take her to the hospital.
1: Well, she is refusing to leave the house.
0: I bet they could have gotten her to the hospital. She's like a frail old woman. But she might have had another heart attack.
1: Yeah, you don't, you don't want to excite her. That's what the doctor says. Just don't excite her. Don't talk about the ghost, which is all she wants to talk about.
0: Nancy, I'm sure I saw the ghost. Now you look for a man who hasn't shaved in a goodness knows how long and has an ugly face and kind of longish hair.
1: On it, and she wants to ask more questions, but that'll get her excited, and she might like have another heart attack.
0: The food that they give her to revive her is so gross. Sounds
1: disgusting. Yeah, a cup
0: of steaming chicken bouillon, a thin slice of well toasted bread, and a saucer of plain Plain
1: gelatin.
0: gelatin. (laughs) I don't, I've never had plain gelatin, I can imagine.
1: I imagine too that it's not like jello, where it's that really clear gel, but it's like the gelatin that you would get in a cafeteria. Right. Where it's like opaque and somehow gritty.
0: Yeah, and there's like real chunks of plain in it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right. What is in this?
0: Big old chunks of plain. Plain
1: gelatin is just the thing.
0: They continue to look around. They look around inside this cabinet, and they find a hidden switch, and it finally, finally opens a secret passageway. They leave in this tunnel. They find a a note in the tunnel. This was written way back in 1785, not long after the house was built, and they, like, pick it up to read it, and it doesn't crumble in their hands. My honorable friend Benjamin, the disloyalty of two of my servants has just come to my attention. I am afraid they plan to harm the cause of the colonies. I will have them properly punished. My good fortune in learning about this disloyalty came when I was at my listening post. Every word spoken in the servant's sitting room can be overheard by me. I will watch for further. And then it gets cut off. You know, they keep using the word servant. And I'm pretty sure it's a different S word that they're, that they're talking about.
1: Yes. And um, I will punish him properly means they will probably be whipped through thoroughly right and then drug to the town square for an execution yeah
0: or just a sale i mean it's so they talk about these how and at one point they talk about how the servants conspiring against the motives of the colonies
1: let's just say slaves
0: yeah the slaves were like spying and you know they could be spies and maybe the i'm like yeah what like in the you mean like in the civil war where slaves spied for the North against the Confederacy because those were the good guys in the story.
1: But they're I mean, but they're in the North because they're.
0: I don't know where they are.
1: They're outside of Chicago.
0: Are they? I'm very confused by this. There's colonial mansions. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand the geography of River Heights, and they never make it clear. So, yeah, God, they just keep saying how the owner of the house would spy on and catch his slave, or servants and would punish them accordingly.
1: But that's how they figure out how they've been listened on is yeah. through this passage because Nancy goes into the kitchen and Helen can hear everything she says from the other side of the passage.
0: Right. And I don't know if there's other secret places like this in there, but it does seem like they've had conversations in other parts of the house that were just as overheard. So
1: They don't say that there are other ones, but there might be.
0: She goes grocery shopping and it's so sad. Everything makes her think about... The her, ghost and her, and her dad. Missing dad. The meat counter. She reflected, dad loves thick, juicy steaks.
1: Well, who doesn't?
0: Can't stop thinking about a thick, juicy dad. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Oh, and then she sees Nathan Gomer mm-hmm. in town and she decides to follow him. Oh, he's leaving. No, he's leaving when she gets back to the Twin Elms.
1: Yeah. He's he, leaving he's the front door. He's speeding away and he looks really smug. And he, she decides, I'm going to follow that guy.
0: Yeah, good call. Good call. Doesn't catch him.
1: She follows him for a long time, though.
0: Yep, yeah, and then she just loses him.
1: Yep, she, uh, she uh, she stops at a stoplight and loses him. She like wasn't willing to run a
0: stoplight. Then she goes to the cops in this town, in another town, and has them call all the other cops, and they're like, "We'll get on it."
1: <laughs> exactly. So when they get back to Twin Elms, mm-hmm. it says they've been gone for like several hours or something. Wow. I just wonder, what kind of groceries did she buy? Because those are still in the truck. Oh, yeah. Those thick, juicy steaks, those aren't good anymore.
0: Yeah, maybe not. If it's been a couple hours, how hot is it? Is it summer break still?
1: Yeah, if it's, you know, we assumed it's summer. Yes, mm-hmm. those are bad now.
0: They say that the cleaning lady, Lily, let him in. Who?
1: Uh, Lily is never spoken of again.
0: Or before. All of a sudden she appears and it says, of course she didn't know who he was and thought he was all right. Why? Who is this person? Where did she come from? Was she there to clean up the collapsed ceiling? It was like, I'm sure it's fine if you come in, stranger. But Gomer convinced Flora to... Well, he threatened her. He told her that he would come after her daughter and her granddaughters and... Like, he threatened her, and so she agreed to sign. So
1: she signs it out of fear, but I'm pretty sure that wouldn't hold up in court. Because no, it's she called was under duress. Under duress, yes, right. exactly.
0: And so she's like, I didn't want to sell. And Nancy explains to her very clearly, uh, Miss Flora, maybe the deal will never go through. In the first place, perhaps we can prove that you signed under coercion. If that doesn't work, you know how long it takes to have a title search made on property. By then, maybe Gomer will change his mind. But yeah, no, the only thing that they have to say is, my dad's a lawyer. And you sign that under coercion and it doesn't hold up in court. If yeah. somebody sells, says sign this or I'm going to hurt your family,
1: mm-hmm. that doesn't count. That's under duress.
0: So I think that I, – I was thinking that Nancy was going to break into the identical mansion to, like, explore that one. Mm-hmm. But – and Helen's like, are you going to break in? And she's like, absolutely not. I'm going to contact the realtor, schedule a tour, and I'm going to get the key. I'm going to do it all on the up and up, which is so lame. She could have just broke in. The Hardy Boys break in all kinds of places.
1: But she did, she's not going to break the law. She's a law-abiding citizen. She's better than
0: that. But it's okay to break the law to catch a crook. Wait. Is it? I don't know. TV makes it seem like that's the case. Well, it doesn't
1: seem like the cops are doing anything. No,
0: they're not doing anything. They, we'll get right on it.
1: They haven't done anything yet.
0: We'll do another check-in here with with Bingo. Okay. We found a, a secret passageway. Yes. We had pie. Mm-hmm trespassing I guess not from Nancy but, but whoever's in the house trespassing
1: is definitely trespassing right
0: mm, no gunfights
1: no sadly I don't think that that one will ever get checked
0: Nancy finds a trapdoor in the roof and needs a button hook and so they go and get a silver a long silver handled button hook inscribed with Miss Turnbull's initials Mother used this to fasten her high button shoes she has a smaller matching one for glove buttons.
1: That's wonderful, and now I'm going to absolutely ruin it by old, shoving it. In the olden <laughs> days,
0: no ladies' gloves were the pull-on type. They all had buttons. Yeah, but it's like, okay.
1: So I'm going to mash it in between two pieces of metal now real hard and then use it to <laughs> pry something open.
0: Deal. What's a button hook? I have no idea. That was weird. Yeah, long, you can't. A silver button hook?
1: You can't, like, button them yourself? Like,
0: How would you use a tool to button a button? I have no idea. Your fingers are the best tools. For that. Whatever. They climb up a trapdoor onto under the roof, um, and Nancy looks around, you know, the whole grounds and decides to climb over to this little, like, a lookout, one of those round things on the top of the house. But there's nothing there. She finds nothing. This exciting thing where they finally found a secret passageway. She climbs up on the roof. It's totally going to solve the mystery. Nothing.
1: And they make it seem like he, he's, like, right up on the roof or something, because they're like, oh, we heard him laugh, and we hear, like... Yeah. Maybe the owl was just back and then he flew away or something, but by the time she gets up there, nothing is happening. Is oh. is the aunt still bedridden at this point?
0: Yes, Flora is still in bed. Not
1: not aunt. Yeah, the great grandmother is still bedridden. Right. And then I believe the doctor comes to check up on her. Mm-hmm. And one of the parts I thought was kind of weird is that he asks all of them to leave the room so he can finish examining her.
0: Oh, right. He's going to check out her downstairs Yeah, stuff.
1: I have to check your noonie.
0: <laughs> for, just for safety.
1: What? Okay.
0: He's and a doctor. She, she
1: can be coerced into anything. <laughs> I know. We've shown that.
0: She can be convinced very easily. Oh, I hope that doctor wasn't taking liberties with that old woman. <laughs> she goes to talk to the realtor to look at the other mansion to explore inside that one. And the realtor's like, oh, no, I can't do that. Nathan Gomer just bought that place.
1: Not suspicious at all. Right.
0: And she's like, can I just go inside and look? And he's like, no, he wouldn't like that. Can't do it. No. Then Nancy gets called to the police station because the cops actually did something. They
1: did. They got some...
0: They arrested Samuel Greenman, which I imagine he was like at a gas station and the cop pulled up to the pump next to him and was like, and then like radioed and was like, hey, uh, what did that guy look like again? And yeah, and just caught him because of sheer luck. They bring him and the cab driver into the police station. Don't question them themselves. They wait for Nancy to get there and have Nancy question these people.
1: They're so lazy. They but say,
0: Nancy, you know, you're, you're very persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> you may not know it, but you're a very persuasive young lady. Ew. I believe that you might be able to get information out of both Harry and Greenman. When we have, where we have failed. Did you try? Because she walks in and she's like, hey, Harry, who's the cab driver, she's like, imagine if, you're, if you got kidnapped, how sad your kids would be. And he's like, pretty sad. She's like, that's how sad I am. And he's like...
1: Okay, I'll tell you everything. Good
0: point. And then she, when she goes to talk to Greenman, she's like, we all make mistakes at times. We are often misled by people who urge us to do things we shouldn't. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I was misled. I'm not a crook. And he's, he tells everything. He... And he keeps trying to be super helpful. He's like, anything I can do to help? Sure, I'll help you carry that. In an effort to, like, maybe the police will forget that he's one of the prime criminals of this racket.
1: He's definitely going to be like the snitch that turns on everybody and, right. and gets killed later. if he was If he's in like an Italian style mafia, that's what's going to happen to him.
0: But he refuses to say the name of the guy who's his boss. He's like, I'll tell you everything, but... I guess I am a coward. I'm too scared to tell the name of the guy who talked me into this whole thing. Well, now it's is Gomer, the time. It's Gomer, right? It's Gomer. I don't know if it's Gomer. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah, it probably is Gomer. I can't remember which one Which one of the two is the in charge. Anyway. So they go. So she's got all this convincing. She, or she has all these confessions. Mm-hmm. She goes to get the lawyer and to get a notary public which I think was the only reason we had that scene with the Notary Public, who was on his way home, so we would, so she could meet a Notary Public at some point in the story.
1: Yeah, they don't <laughs> give that to just anybody. He said.
0: Oh yeah, only honorable, truthful people get to be Notary Publics. There must be some sort of test. But then back at the mansion, the realtor just shows up at Twin Elms with the key to the other identical mansion, and she says, and Nancy says, "What's this for?" Mr. Dodd smiled. It's the front door key to the Riverview Manor. I decided you can look around the mansion tomorrow morning all you please. Never explains why he changed his mind. He earlier he said it wasn't possible. Now he just shows up with the key and tells them.
1: And I, fu- I kind of like that kind of rings like a trap to me, right? Because he also says look around tomorrow morning specific so he's, time. He's telling her where to go and when to be there, right? And they still haven't found her dad, so I feel like she's also gonna get kidnapped. Instead, nothing happens.
0: When they're exploring this old abandoned uh, Riverview Manor, Helen is like, what do we do if we meet the ghost? Which I think is a good game plan to have. Like, if we meet this guy, what do we do? And Helen's like, we'll just tell him that we found him out. No, don't tell him that. That, That'll put him into a rage. (laughs) A murderous rage. (laughs) All right, you're caught. Us two teenage girls have you cornered. Also, we know everything you're guilty of.
1: And nobody else does, just us. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So come with us to the police so they can know too because they don't yet, only us.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a terrible plan. It really is.
0: They do find out that somebody has been living there because eggshells, empty milk bottles, chicken bones, and pieces of wax paper clutter the sink. That's not sink garbage. That's garbage garbage.
1: Well, he's not, I mean, he also isn't shaving or bathing. Right, or, he's a bad guy. He's a gross, unkempt man.
0: Nancy is like, oh, let's go check the cellar. And Helen is like, no, I'm not going down (laughs) in the cellar in this abandoned house. Smart kid. Yeah, smart kid. Uh, She says, I want to live to get married and not be hit over the head in the dark by that ghost. So Jim won't have a bride. That's exactly what would have happened. Yes. Um, So Nancy gives in. And then they see closets. And Nancy says, in colonial times, closets were a rarity. So that's a clue. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks like a new closet. I imagine it's sort of like the Scooby-Doo thing where they're walking by the bookshelf and all the books are gray, and then there's one book that's, like, bright blue, mm-hmm. and that's the book that they grab and interact with. Yeah. Yeah. Not a surprise. But they find, oh, at the back of this closet, Nancy, like, pulls on a knob.
1: Finds Narnia, right?
0: Right. And she the, the wall pushed inward, and Nancy disappears into a gaping hole and flies down a flight of stairs. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm like, Nancy died. (laughs) Oh, quickly down a cement flight of stairs. (laughs) Done. And Nancy's okay. She says that she's pretty banged up. Which, as an adult, I know you've fallen down the stairs before. And even (laughs) if it's just a couple stairs.
1: It's really scary. It's really scary. It really gets your adrenaline going. It's
0: very disorienting. There's like so many limbs going in every direction. But Nancy is just fine. So the... Go down the stairs, they're walking through this long tunnel, they see another staircase, they're about to climb it, and this man yells, stop! You can't go up there! So the guy <laughs> who's yelling at them, who's down in the in the tunnel, is Willie Wharton. Of and course he's, it is. Yeah, because he's the ghost. The missing person is the ghost.
1: Hey, don't go up there!
0: <laughs> Good warning, <laughs> Willie. And they're like, you've been stealing food and silver and jewelry, and he's like, no, I took some food, and I've been trying to scare those old ladies, but I didn't steal anything, that must have been Gomer. Like, whatever, dude. (laughs) Who cares at this
1: point? Oh, okay. So you've drawn a line in the sand. Right. (laughs) You're scaring old women and stealing their food, but you will not take their jewelry, and that is where you draw the line. And
0: you're squatting in an abandoned
1: house. (laughs) But jewelry? No. No.
0: But then I also like the thought of Mr. Gomer as he's walking through the house, like, to scam these old ladies. It's like going to pop in here real quick
1: and steal some jewelry. We've uh, seen several times. He doesn't have boundaries. He'll just Uh, wander through the house to find people.
0: I believe it. Yeah, he's got a ton of confidence. They ask him like one question and he confesses everything, which they're surprised by, but it's totally normal in these books. You're like, hey, it's you. And they're like, I'll tell you everything.
1: A a lot of these mysteries, um, because I'm a mystery expert, Mm -hmm. like in murder she wrote and she will give the most abstract clue that would be so hard to prove in
0: court right
1: and they crumble and tell her everything
0: they do the evil voice oh and then he says that he didn't know it was a that he kidnapped her father cuz he's like we did kidnap your father but i didn't know it was a kidnapping he just said this guy's passed out and we need to take him to this basement
1: we're going to this guy's passed he just needs to be alone in a dungeon for a little bit and then he's going to come come around
0: she manages to find uh, mr drew in this dungeon they let him out by this point the lawyer and the notary public have arrived and willie warden is like i just want out of this this is too crazy this is the moment that he decides to finally back out he explains the story that he had already signed the documents mm-hmm. to sell his property and then this lawyer was like i can get you a lot more money all you have to do is live in this abandoned house and pretend <laughs> to be a ghost and scare some old ladies and he was like okay
1: okay sure sure
0: and it was fine. And he was, like, learning all these new ways to be a ghost and having a lot of fun with it.
1: Also, okay, where he was living was abandoned for quite a while. There's no way there was plumbing that no. was working in there. So I think he would sneak over the other house to and take, like, there. ghost shits and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in the bathroom? It smells terrible.
0: No. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah. And then it's all over. I mean, Nancy's dad sort of, like...
1: That's not my first time in a dungeon. It won't be my last.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And um, then Helen and Nancy slip off to go to the kitchen. And they say, now we can make all the plans we want because there won't be anyone listening. What? Because the people were listening from that hiding space. Yeah,
1: I know, but like... (laughs) What
0: plans? All right, so any... Well, okay, we got to do one last check-in.
1: Okay, with the...
0: But I don't think we have anything new because we don't have any treasure. We didn't have any secret codes or explosions. I guess red herring, definitely, because that trap door on the roof mm-hmm. was nothing. Turned like, out to
1: be nothing. And they, she just ruined that priceless family oh, heirloom yeah, right. to get up there, For no and it was like nothing came of it.
0: All right. Well, let me look here.
1: No, I don't think we got any. We got. Ago.
0: We checked off a lot of boxes, but we did not get an actual bingo.
1: You know, if you just arrange the squares, you can win bingo almost every time.
0: Yeah. If you If you control where the squares are. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's almost as if that would break the game. Well, thank you so much for being on the the podcast. Do you have any last thoughts?
1: Um, I don't,
0: uh, at all. Each episode, we have one of our favorite bartenders mix up a custom cocktail to go along with the book. Today's drink was created by Brandon Johnson at the H-Bar inside the Hyatt House downtown. Pictures of the drink and the recipe are available at thehardyboysdrinkbook.com. Enjoy! Hi, everybody. I am here at the H-Bar downtown with Brandon Johnson, who is our bartender for the week. Brandon, thank you for being on the show.
2: Not a problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So, this is my first interview in a hotel bar, okay. and I'm excited about that. What um, What's different working at a hotel bar than working at metal bar?
2: So, I actually come from a sports and entertainment field. Okay. I started at the Palace of Auburn Hills, which is right outside of Detroit, Michigan, where the Detroit Pistons play. And uh, I currently do Coors Field as well. Uh, the big difference is, a lot of people, when they go to out to the bar sporting event concert they're already at a function so that's kind of why they're at that bar sometimes at the majority at the hotel is because they're staying here so they're getting a drink before they go out or they just prefer to sit at the bar instead of their hotel so the clientele is almost i want to say forced but they choose to be here out of work leisure, and they don't want to venture out. They want to stay here. That's nice, though. There's plenty of bars. It's nice. It is (laughs) nice. (laughs) And it not well, then you also see, like, some people who just kind of drink to drink, not even to enjoy themselves, just drink to drink, which you don't... You see more of the bingers in other
0: places. So, have you had... Like uh, the bar I used to work at had a hotel, about it was very small. But we would get people who seem to only split their time between sitting at the bar and being in their room. Do you get a lot of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's getting out of their room.
2: Eighty percent of their clientele, and then the rest would be unless there is a Broncos game. Right. That'd be the only other, uh, I guess, outlier to it. But or you get the people who are just waiting for their Uber or waiting for someone and then gone. But yeah, you're right. Eighty percent room, hotel room. A room bar, room bar, they don't want to go out. And you, you were just talking about how this particular
0: hotel bar uh, is part of the Hyatt sort of Correct. family, but is different than a regular
2: Hyatt bar. Absolutely. So looks well, like you have a lot more options. <laughs> most Hyatt places are very small menu. Mm-hmm. Three different beers, and their house wine is a canvas, which is from the Mandavi Farm, exclusive to the Hyatt. And they only carry, like, your basic Merlot, Cabernet. Uh, Pinot Noir, then Pinot Grigio Chardonnay, and your most basic liquor bar. Yeah. Uh, but we've stepped it up because we got to compete. We're downtown Denver, and if you go anywhere out here on 14th and just take a few steps, you can find a different bar. So we part, we're white lodging Hyatt half and half, and they gave permission to let us experiment with the all the drinks and stuff. So you can also see we've got some casks up there where we're making old-fashioned drinks. We specialize in craft cocktails. We don't have any like flavored vodka or anything. So we make our own bitters, which you'll see oh, right that's up nice. there. Um, problem for- with making your own bitters, you've got to make sure you shake them. Like, it's actually a pretty longer process than we anticipated, but so far so good.
0: For uh, for the people listening, there are uh, these this gorgeous little display of, what are these, ball jars? Yeah, that's uh, it. Where they've got all these different infusing bitters processes going on. That's great, I've never noticed that before.
2: It is a little longer than expected, but our first batch was a success. We're almost running out of it, it was a Cherry Bitters. And we were using it too with our uh, Manhattans. Nice. And we were uh, we had an Orange Bitters, but that was bought, so we're trying to make one of those right now. That's up to the top, see it up to the left. So oh, right. Right there. well
0: I appreciate the attention to detail.
2: <clears throat> and uh, that one we haven't tried out yet, but we're trying to mimic one of the ones that we bought, but our Cherry Bitters was a pretty big hit. Cool. Well, that's, I, that would be delicious in a Manhattan. Oh, yeah. So
0: you're saying that you worked at Coors, you work at Coors Field as well? Correct. So yep. what's your favorite thing about working there?
2: When people are at a baseball game, they're already in a good mood. Right. It's weird. Like, that's what I was talking about with the events. Like You can get people here who missed their flight, flight was sure. delayed, baggage lost, their hotel reservation isn't right, and you've got to kind of make amends for all the other problems they've had. Right. So you're already in the microscope. But a baseball game, sporting event, people have been... Most of them, unless they're season ticket holders, they've been planning this for months, <laughs> so they're excited no matter what. And if the Rockies win or the Pistons won back when I was in Detroit, then it's almost better, you know. So yeah, they're have experience you ever have you ever had the crowd like turn on you? Uh, it, it can happen. It can happen, especially in the seventh inning when it's last call. Right. Third uh, third quarter in basketball and second period in hockey when it's last call. Very much. <laughs> <So laughs> the <That> crowd <just laughs> turns <laughs> on you. <clears throat>
0: well. Speaking of Coors Field, the drink you made for us has a great backstory. that you are telling us earlier about this drink, the Purple Rain. The Purple Rain, you call it. yes. All right,
2: so so uh, we have our own special cocktails we made. We didn't have this one yet. I kind of made this on the fly because we had some pretty important guests who were going to have a few cocktails on the field before batting practice, which is rare because we let them on the warning track. They can't touch the field. Mm-hmm. The warning track around by the dugouts, well, it was too rainy. It was too wet, so they couldn't come out. And they were very disappointed. So we let them sit in the dugout of the visitors team, and I just whipped a drink up to try to kind of keep them at a peace to find out what we were going to do about the field. It includes vodka. I normally use Tito's. Sprite, a touch of grenadine, a cherry right on top of it, and then you splash and board on it, and you pour it in front of the guest, and you watch it trickle down, and we call it the Purple Rain. Rockies, Purple, Rain Delay. And it was a big hit. So we've carried the drink, we continue it on, and it's a dollar off during rain delays. So if there's a rain delay at the game, in certain sections, it would be one spot in club level and then the suite level where we have that as. So you're not going to get that on the concourse.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, then it is a spectacular treat for me, and I'm so I'm going to pretend, as usual, like I haven't been drinking this the entire interview. Take a little sip. What I said immediately after my first sip, and what I will say again now, is that you could drink so many of these. Very it's, much. Uh, for the amount of booze I saw you put in it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, express itself that much. It's, it's sweet, but it's not overly sweet. It's got a really clean flavor. Usually, I think Sprite really throws off the flavor. Of, That's
2: uh, it normally, well. We, so we used to do it with a Sprite and soda, mm-hmm. but we have to use the soda bottles at Coors Field. Oh, it just right, the wasn't really cost-effective right. because then we'd lose some. So it's been... Because you can also make a press with it, too.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I love the visual, though. That's the thing. I, I feel like people don't... Um, We've only had one other cocktail that was really like a visual thing, where they right. got where they had like sprinkling sparkling things on it, and watching that purple just fall through it. Exactly, it's gorgeous. And it's
2: uh, that's kind of the experience that people are looking for when you uh-huh. do certain stuff like that, because you could just tell them. I could make it back here and not take the time to put the Chambord in and it's just another drink.
0: That's And then of they the tell
2: their friends, you know, it does this, look at that. hmm
0: That's one of the great things
2: though about a good
0: bartender is that they realize the percentage of it that's performance... ...and exactly. presentation and not... It's not just making drinks. Exactly. It's about like how you serve the drinks, how the drinks look.
2: And then you might have one guest who just wants his beer and a shot at Jack, he doesn't care about anything. Right. So Any of that So you do that. So you and just do, do that. Of it. It. And that's and what, do that's the most
0: beautiful thing in the world they've ever seen is the yes. one little shot glass and the beer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into bartending originally in Detroit?
2: So I uh, was an intern. That's what you said, right? Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Okay. I was an intern in the sales department, and they needed help, so I started bar backing. So, I, in the days, I'd interned in the sales department with the Pistons, and then at night, I would bar back at a place called the Terrace Club. They've changed that name a hundred times, so if you're listening from there or there, I think it's old number seven now, but it was a Terrace Club in 2003. I'm dating myself. <laughs> But uh, I started bar backing there and I got along great with the crew. And then they were having short bartenders, and I'd be the fill in bartender. And those ex- good extra money, so I just kept doing it. And I, I enjoy it. I mean, every job has its days, but people, for the most part, are great sure. and fun. And you get to socialize. And I just kind of, it's been the two week job that's lasted about eight years. You okay. Could say. Yeah. <laughs> One last question, just as a sympathetic
0: soul Do you ever have people who won't leave your bar? Where-
2: yes just sit there for eight hours forever well and also will have people who will be here for my entire shift which Is amazes it? me yeah because you know, it's
0: like, I don't want to I wouldn't be here this long if you weren't paying exactly. me exactly
2: uh-huh. right so, and then they're there from six to last call yeah very much see that's what I said the difference between the people who are going to an event, and the people who are here yeah it's almost like they forced themselves to stay here because right. they could have gone to lots of other places right or even maybe saved money upstairs too but it helps the business and it helps me so I can't right. complain too much Thank you so much, Brandon, for being on the show. Thank
0: you. The Hardy Boys Drink Book is a part of their network. It is produced by Jack and Charles Wefso. Music is provided by Danny Overby at Round 2 Productions. Photography and graphic design are by Kristen Hallstrom. Special thanks to Kristen Hallstrom, my wife, and to Brandon Johnson at the H-Bar in the Hyatt House downtown. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes.